Hello, everybody. Chief Patrol Agent Ryan Landrum here at the U.S. Border Patrol Academy, coming to you with the What's Important Now podcast. First one of the brand new year, so let me be the first to wish you all a very happy and safe 2024. And also introduce to you today our guest. Uh, it's a familiar name, a very familiar face, little different color insignia this time. Uh, today we have uh, Chief of the U.S. Border Patrol, Jason Owens, uh, joining us today. Last time we talked, Chief, I think you were setting sail for greener pastures in the Del Rio sector as the chief patrol agent there. A little bit has changed since then. That's right. I was headed to, headed back to Texas, and here I am again leaving Texas. Yeah. So congratulations, uh, first and foremost, on the promotion. I think Appreciate July, it. is that right? Uh, July 2nd. It was July 2nd of last year. So you got uh, going on seven months in the seat. Yep. How's it going? So far, so good. It's about what you would uh, what you'd expect. Uh, the pace is uh, as frenetic and, and fast and furious as you could possibly imagine, but it's fun if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, is it what you expected, or is it different? What's different about what I don't expected? know if that I knew what to expect. I can tell you, it's uh, you know, when I got the the call, and I tell you, it's uh, you know, I didn't really know if I was in consideration. You don't really think about something like this. You know, I, I was very happy in Del. I was very happy here at the Academy. Yeah. You know, but you just kind of go where uh, where they need you, and you make the best of it, and you throw yourself into whatever you're doing, and uh, give it all you got. And so I'm uh, very happy living in Texas, and Del Rio is a great, a, a great city. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as you know, very busy. Yes. You know, crazy busy. A lot was happening in the time that I was there, but, uh, you know, I – Got a call to talk to uh, Commissioner, Commissioner Miller, and he was, uh, you know, I guess looking for folks that were going to take uh, Chief Ortiz's place and role when he retired. And I remember talking to him, and he never really said what it was he was talking to me about. <laughs> you know, he just, uh, a lot of it was just kind of catching up. He, he was in New York whenever I was in Maine. Yeah. So uh, had a chance to just catch up, see how he was doing. He's he just... One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, and, and uh, just super intelligent, especially when it comes to intel and targeting, and and so just had a good conversation. And it wasn't until the very end when he said, "You know, just curious how you handle situations whenever your your personal beliefs or your political ideologies on a personal level don't necessarily align with uh, mm-hmm. with things at work." And that that hits us all, yes. you know. It said, and so. I, Answered him as best I could. You know, as we're not politicians. We uh, we do the job with the mission and, and the people in mind, and and uh, that's what matters. And he's like, okay, well, good talking to you. And we moved on, and uh, I remember talking to my wife, and so well, for what it was, it was a good conversation. And fast forward a few days, and uh, I got the uh, call from the secretary scheduler asking if I could uh, spare some time to talk to him. <laughs> of course, <laughs> absolutely. Let me check my calendar. <laughs> yeah. And uh, had a really good conversation with him, and and he uh, at the end of it, saying, "Oh, that he thanked me for being willing to take on you know this uh, this challenge, this responsibility." And it was only then that it actually dawned on me what they might have been talking about. Yeah. And I remember my partner in crime at the time, you know. I remember going and getting him and saying, look, uh, it's time to go work out. And it was leg day. Yeah, uh, so never we, skip leg day. <laughs> we were doing uh, doing squats, and his phone started blowing up. And and uh, 
he said, "Hey, chief, they want to they want to get you back on the call with the with the secretary and the commissioner." So I said, "When?" I said, "Now." So, <laughs> so I went running across the parking lot and uh, and I got uh, got to the, the computer and got on the video teleconference with them, and they were both there, and I'm sitting there sweating in my my PT gear, and they both started laughing. <laughs> you got me doing squats. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, and that's where they offered the job uh, right then and there. And I remember the feeling. Uh, it was just. There's a rug that I have in my office. It's the outline of the Border Patrol patch. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at, uh, looking down at it and, and seeing this patch that's meant so much to me for, you know, more than half my life. You know, it's, uh, I've worn it on my uniform. It's been my family. It's been something that is a, a part of my identity and who I am. And I'm getting this, uh, it's a privilege, but it's also a monumental responsibility and a task. And you talk about humbling. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it, it was a very surreal, very uh, elated feeling, but at the same time, there was an element of fear uh, because how do you know what it's like to, to run an agency like this yeah. until you're actually sitting here doing it? And so I, I sat there for a few minutes in the office by myself, just kind of kind of taking it all in. And uh, you know, it was probably a month or so before they actually made the announcement and, and, and uh, ended up starting the job. And I can tell you, it is every bit as fun as I hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. It's even busier than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And there's actually two different aspects to the job. There's actually running the border patrol, mm-hmm. and there's being on the commissioner's staff. Okay, you know, it's uh, that man is exceptionally busy. He's got a monumental task in his own right, not just on the border security side, but facilitating all lawful trade and travel for you know the most powerful country on the planet. And so. Uh, you want to make sure you're doing right by that guy. Mm-hmm. And so that was probably something that I didn't know to expect, but it's definitely there. And all of it just kind of comes together to where you're you're bouncing around from just one thing to the other uh, all day. The day goes by like that. And the good part is I get to travel around and I get to, you know, see the sectors and come to the academy and mm-hmm. and uh, it's a very refreshing thing because you get reminded of just how special this uh, this family is. So all in all, you know, I, I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Yeah, but it's great. Hey, so a couple a couple things to unpack in that what, what you said uh, for the sake of the audience. It's important to understand that uh, as a, as an executive, we don't apply for jobs anymore, hmm. right? So and you darn sure don't apply for the chief of the border patrol. I didn't know. So, yeah, right. It, <laughs> my point, though, is it's it's based on a career's worth of acumen and and knowledge, expertise, and leadership that you've not only developed but demonstrated to get you a call like that. Mm-hmm. So congratulations for that. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then secondly, uh, and it, it was kind of funny. We'll get to why you're here in just a second. But uh, a trainee this morning, you were talking to a group of trainees this morning before before graduation, and uh, one of one of the trainees asked you something to the effect of. Hey, well, how do, how do you manage politics uh, in, in the fray of, of everything that we do and how, how political this organization has become, et cetera? Um, but truly, at, at all levels, but at your level, your job, and you, you, made a, you made a remark to the effect of your job is to provide decision makers above you the best national security advice possible, mm-hmm. right? And so that's an apolitical statement. So politics, one way or the other, you can have a personal opinion where you want to land on, on, on your own time. But in, in terms of the job, you know, wearing those four stars, your job is just, just to provide best national security advice. 100%. And it has to be. It, yeah. uh, 
in order for the public, the people that we serve to trust us, mm-hmm. uh, we have to just be objective at trying to do the best we can at our mission. And that means as subject matter experts, particularly in the border security realm, it doesn't matter who you're answering to. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle they, they work on. Your job is the same. You are to provide them the best possible advice for how to secure the borders and keep this country safe mm-hmm. as best you can. You don't have the luxury of letting those uh, personal feelings get in the way one way or the other because if you do, you're not doing your job. Yeah. You're not doing a service to them. And, mm-hmm. and the day that you start letting that happen is the day that the people you serve stop trusting you yeah. because then your motives for why you do what you do become clouded in their mind. Yeah. They need to know that they've got a border patrol that is dedicated to going out there and keeping bad things and bad people from coming in this country, period, full stop, end of story. Yeah. Other things can, can happen that we have to deal with, but that doesn't change what our mission is. And our job is to remind them that that's what the mission is and to try and always get to that mission and do the best we can at it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So speaking of which, speaking of busy people, I know you're busy. I think you're, you know, you're just traveling back here from a, from an out of the country trip. Now you're uh, find your way in Artesia, New Mexico, on a random Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are you here? Well, that's uh, so. I, I was in Israel. Yeah. Uh, spent uh, spent a week with uh, Magav, working with the, uh, uh, the my counterpart there. To we we have a good exchange and a good relationship with those folks over there. They're they're dealing with their own border yeah. security issues on a daily basis. A issues and, over there, huh? <laughs> and uh, very uh, very sobering. The situation over there, get to to see what they deal with on a, on a day to day basis. But yeah, twelve hour flight from uh, Tel Aviv back to uh, to J- John F. Kennedy Airport, and one night sleep, and then I was on a, a early flight to come out to see uh, see you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had a uh, Brian Terry, as you know, the very first uh, Bortac operator to be killed in the line of duty. Yeah. And this was back in twenty ten. Yeah. And uh, you know, being a part of that team, that uh, that hit us all really hard when it happened. And his nephew graduated in, in class 1229 today. Yeah. And so I and a bunch of uh, folks from SOG came to attend the graduation. Yeah. And his uh, a lot of his family, immediate and extended family, was was here also. Yeah. So to get a chance to to share in that moment with them, uh, to, that was an honor. And to get a chance to, to point out, this is a very special family. Mm-hmm. that uh, They've already paid the highest price in service to this country, and he, despite that, here they are, another member of that family, stepping up, and and that entire family is there to support them. Yeah. That entire family bleeds green. Yeah. That is what it means to be in the Border Patrol. That is what the green family yeah. is. That family knows the risks. Yep. Right? Um, they, I, I could not be more impressed with, uh, with, the, with the family, obviously, uh, the young men who graduated today and, and their continuing dedication to service from, the, from that entire family. No, hundred percent. And you can see he was, uh, he was happy. I mean, it's, you, you, every time you see a graduation and you see the look on these, uh, these, these folks faces and they get younger and younger every time <laughs> I show up I and mean, some of them are younger than my youngest son now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that, that look of excitement that, that, that they're just grinning from ear to ear because of what they've just gone through and, and they get that badge pinned out. It takes us back to whenever we were there and it happened for us. And that always is a, it's a good motivator. It reminds yeah. us, you know, why we do what we do and mm-hmm. reminds us what it felt like to be uh, that excited about something. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier. If, you're, if, you, if you as a, uh, 
a chief patrol agent or whomever, if you don't come back to the academy and get reinvigorated just a little bit, it might be time to hang it up because this is a special place. If you, everybody goes right back to when they, you know, they graduated or when they, you know, maybe it's a good story or a bad story or a funny story, but you just remember and uh, remind you why you do what you do. Well, yeah. And I remember talking about this at the graduation, but the, uh, so the academy and, and border patrol and there's other law enforcement agencies that are the same, but we're, uh, a unique animal in that no matter where we are today, you know, you, the chief of the academy, me and this job, everybody that wears this uniform around the country, around the world, we all started in the same spot and the same location, which was we came in as a GS-5 or a GS-7 trainee. Mm -hmm. We went to the U.S. Border Patrol Academy, the basic academy, and from there we branched out to become whatever we, we become. So in many ways the academy is is a home for the Border Patrol. Mm-hmm. And it's that touch point that we all have in common starting things off. And that makes it a special place. So it's mm-hmm. it's always uh, it's always such a good thing to come back. And I was, just like you, I was blessed to have the opportunity to be assigned here yeah. and, and uh, remember what that was all about. So I, I take advantage of the opportunity every time I can to come back here. Well, we definitely, uh, I know we... We piled a lot of briefings on you today, um, so I know we only had you on the ground for one day and the graduation this morning, but I hope we are uh, doing justice to what you thought we, we could do. Uh, it never you. ceases to amaze me. It's a, you know, you see, you know, everybody, every generation gives the the younger generation a hard time about this, that, we we're talking about that today. The baby boomers <laughs> gave Gen Xers a hard time, Gen Xers give millennials a hard time, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, when you look at what the Border Patrol has become what it has evolved to. If you look at what the training has, has become, it makes me proud because it's so much better than when we came in and when we started. It's uh, the capabilities, what this agency can do, what it's responsible for, and that's what you want. You want it to keep getting better and because you know when it comes time for us to, to walk out the door, we're going to always look back with a sense of pride that this is something that we were a part of, and hopefully we had some small measure in leaving this place better than we found it. And that's what I see whenever I see what, what you guys are doing here at the Academy and, and, uh, and the direction you're taking the, the, the curriculum mm-hmm. and how we're preparing these, uh, these agents, knowing they're going to go out there and be able to do this job. It's much more complex. Yeah. They're going to be able to do it better. And more importantly, they're going to be able to do it safer yeah. because of the training that's going on there. So, nah, very proud. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so as the chief, uh, you know, we, we kind of looked at the soda straw of, you know, command at the academy and then, you know, the, the, the one command in Del Rio, now you're the chief of the, the entire, uh, U.S. Border Patrol. What, uh, what are some of the challenges you're facing that maybe you weren't aware of, weren't expecting, or just generally? Well, so obviously we have the, uh, the migrant influx that's going on yeah. uh, right now and, and we deal with that like we do any other, uh, any other crisis, any other issue that uh, that faces, but keeping our focus on what the mission is and why we exist. And a lot of times that involves us reminding everybody, the public, that, hey, this is what we need to be paying attention to. This is the threat. Mm-hmm. You know, we have fentanyl coming into our country that uh, is deadly. Mm-hmm. We have criminals, cartel members. We have smugglers that are taking advantage of us being distracted uh, dealing with the migrant influx, we have to acknowledge that and know that that's taking place because we have to get back to uh, being out there and stopping that threat from from coming. That's why we have a Border Patrol. That's why it exists. So making sure that everybody keeps that in focus and remembers 
and remembers that that's what the mission is, mm-hmm. is, is one point that I think is a, it's a challenge because you turn on the news and, and what you see are the, the large groups that are coming across and giving themselves up. You see, uh, you see uh, Tucson or, or Eagle Pass, you know, and, and whatever's going on in those locations. You don't see on the news, in my opinion, enough of, and while this is going on, we're seizing hundreds of pounds of heroin or fentanyl or cocaine. We're seizing uh, weapons that smugglers were bringing across. They're, they're loading the migrants into tractor trailers and locking them in place. We're, we're uh, arresting convicted sexual predators mm-hmm. that snuck their way across that were trying to evade capture. These are things that are happening on a daily basis mm-hmm. that I don't think are getting enough attention that, that really represent a threat uh, to not just our communities but, but the country. And that's why we need our men and women out there on patrol mm-hmm. looking for that threat. And that's what gets so frustrating for, for us. And the other thing for me, my job, our job, is to be the agent's biggest fan. Yeah. Nobody uh, supports them more than I do. I have to try and make sure that everybody sees them, who they are, and what they do through my eyes. Mm-hmm. Because if they... The American people have a chance to see the rescues, the times that uh, that our agents are risking their lives to try and save others, the seizures when they're taking dangerous drugs off the streets. All I need to do is just make sure people see that and they see our men and women for who they are. My belief is whenever they see that, they can't help but support them. They can't help but love them. I have to be out there and, and telling that story because it's our story. Mm-hmm. It is the Border Patrol agent's story. It doesn't belong to anybody else. And I don't like when somebody else tries to take our story and spin it to their to their mm-hmm. advantage because 99 times out of 100, it, it's a disservice to our men and women that are out there doing the job. It's your job. Yeah. Number, number one fan and biggest advocate. 100%. Yeah. So one way we can uh, potentially celebrate uh, not only Agents of the Day, but Ages of the past. So we have a celebration coming up. Can you believe that? I cannot. It is. It is here. One hundred years. It is here, Chief. Yeah, and it's uh, we we get to be a part of it. Yeah, that is something that uh, that's so special. I, I can remember being at the seventy fifth anniversary. We celebrated You're that. In yourself now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and it was it was a big deal then. Yeah. We celebrated that in in, uh, in San, San Diego. Diego. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, and where's it this year? This year, El Paso, Texas. That's yeah. where they say the legend began. So that's what they say, that's where it. the legend began. <laughs> but it, uh, it, you know, it's a great city. It's a city that supports us. Absolutely. A, uh, you know, I lived there for a few years myself. I think you did too. I did, seven. And, uh, you know, it's a great town. And uh, it's going to be a chance for people that are uh, active and, and retirees and everybody that's been in our orbit to, to come together and celebrate this uh, mm-hmm. once-in-a-lifetime thing. Yeah, you only turn 100 once. No, only it, and it's just... Uh, to get to to get to say that you got to be there and be a part of it, I don't know. I, it just it's even more special to get to be in this position uh, when That's that happens. So very true words. But yeah, so that uh, you know, we're we're gonna have a gala. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a, an event at our museum. Yep. We're gonna have uh, there's gonna be a lot of things going on for that, that that entire week. So I'm looking forward to this year for a lot of reasons, but more than anything. Uh, to get a chance to celebrate the Border Patrol turning 100 years old. Because if you think about, you know, even before 1924, really, 
Uh, yeah. we, we had uh, the mounted watchmen and people that led up to what the Border Patrol would become. You know, we're part of this lineage, this heritage that that goes back, you know, into the, the previous centuries. Yeah. And uh, the things that have, that these men and women did, the sacrifices they made to get us to where we are and to be charged with protecting that legacy and carrying it forward, it's a, it's a big thing, yeah. you know. And, and, I, and I'm looking forward to get a chance to, uh, to talk to some of those folks that came before us. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to get the chance to talk to some of the folks that, uh, that are our friends, brothers and sisters that we don't get a chance to see every day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. I know we have, uh, it's, it's quite interesting, we have several folks who are uh, over 100. Mm. We have some retirees that are over 100, and we've, we've captured some video with those folks that we'll put on display there at the... Uh, at the gala? I think we have to. It's, yeah. it, uh, you know, if we don't, if we miss out on the opportunity to, to hear from those folks yeah. and what they did and what they know, a lot of that knowledge, a lot of the, the, that history is lost to the ages. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, the more we can do, the more we can, uh, we can, we can uh, uh, get them to tell their story, mm-hmm. the better it is for us. You yeah. know, it matters to us. Well, we're going to try and do it upright. And uh, yeah. it's, a, it's an opportunity for, for everybody to come together and celebrate, like you said, and we only turn 100 once, and we're looking forward to it. And curious to see what the next 100 years is going to bring. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Hey, so this is the What's Important Now podcast. So I'd like to give you the opportunity to talk about you know the top two or three things that is most important to you uh, as you see the, the next couple of months shaping out or, or even your entire vision for, for where this thing goes over time. So the, the Border Patrol, looking at what we're going to be, uh, in the next hundred years, yeah. and what we're what we're going to become, how we're going to shape ourselves, and and there's a couple of different areas that uh, that that I'm really trying to focus on. Uh, traditionally, we've had a, a conventional mission where we're out on patrol, mm-hmm. and we're uh, we're interdicting a flow that's coming across the border, whether that be migrants, whether that be contraband, whether that be criminals, you name it. Uh, expanding that into this targeted enforcement realm that we've dabbled in for the past decade or so and really starting to bring those together in a meaningful way to become even better at this mission that we've been charged with. And what I mean by that is going after the people, the networks, the tactics, techniques, and procedures that are responsible for that flow and and actually putting those folks in jail for a long time, you know, getting our partnerships with our international uh, international partners so that the criminals don't feel safe no matter what country they're in. Getting us into that realm solidly and, and, and getting that foundation built so that we can grow and become even better at it, that's one area. The next area is how we take care of ourselves. Mm. I mean, you, you've been doing a lot of good things here at the academy in that, in that regard, but it's, you know, we talk about what it means to be resilient. Yeah. And for a long time, that only involved something bad happens mm-hmm. and how are we able to bounce back from it and, mm-hmm. and what services are we providing to a person whenever they suffer something bad instead of getting ahead of it and being proactive and making sure that the person is as healthy and well as they can possibly be in, in every aspect so that when something bad does happen, they're already strong and they can get through it that much better. We have an opportunity here to really turn inward and focus on ourselves, on our people, and make sure that uh, that we're walking the walk. We don't just talk about being a family. We don't talk about we don't just talk about you know loving our family. It's doing what needs to be done to actually take care of them. We talked to the uh, the trainees this morning, you and I, and that was one of the things 
for me as a lesson has been learned over the over the last uh, couple of decades that remembering who's standing beside you and and why that's so important. You have this family that's on this journey with you, and you know in many ways they serve just like we do. You know, they they're the ones that watch you go out the door every night. They're the ones that uh, that sit there knowing that something bad could happen to their loved one. They're allowing that to happen in service to this country. So in many ways, their sacrifices is very real. Yeah. Acknowledging that, understanding that, because let's face it, we couldn't do what we do if we didn't have that family there to support us. Right. So recognizing that early on, uh, involving them in this adventure, I think is is key. And that's why we say whenever uh, we talk about this green family that that – those family members are part of the Border Patrol as well. Things like that, making sure that we're focused on those things that matter, that don't just keep us stronger and make us resilient, they make us better. Mm. Those are those are some areas where I really feel like we can, uh, you know, we can change and change our culture. We can change who we are for the better, leave the place better than we found it. And if I can do those things whenever I walk out the door and look back, I'll, I'll feel like... Uh, I did justice to this position, and I did right by all of my brothers and sisters yeah. in my time here. Awesome. Well, on behalf of uh, the Virtual Academy and uh, the What's Important Now podcast, we hope that's uh, that time is not anywhere anytime soon, and you have an opportunity to take this vision and, and make it all that you want it to be uh, for the betterment of the next generation. We talk about that all the time here. We're, we're about training and preparing the next generation to succeed us. That starts here, and, and it kind of ends with you, with, with where you want to take it. So... Best wishes to you. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Appreciate uh, like it. I said, it's a few more stars in that collar than, than, than we last talked, <laughs> yeah. but uh, couldn't have couldn't be more appropriate and, and, and to happen to a better person. Appreciate it, man. Thank Excellent. you. With that, honor first. <laughs>